Welcome to the Storycraft Cafe. Come in, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and get ready to join the storytelling conversation. Storycraft Cafe is brought to you by Dabble, the ultimate cloud-based fiction writing software. Here we're going to bring together storytellers from all walks to encourage and empower you to craft your best story. NaNoWriMo is coming up very soon in November, and we're going to be hosting a special Preptober event to help you learn all about Dabble and how it can help you get ready for NaNoWriMo. Join us over at storycraft.cafe or dabblewriter.com for more information. Now on to our interview. And we are live in the Storycraft Cafe. I am your host, Hank Garner. Today, I am super excited to welcome Zach Christensen here into the cafe with us. Zach uh, is with Juxtabook, and it is a company that I uh, have just uh, am getting familiar with. But what a phenomenal uh, service that you guys offer. Uh, Zach, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Hank. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Uh, Zach, it's always fun to start a conversation off uh, with a fun question to to kind of set the tone. And uh, one thing that I love to ask people is, what is your first memory of wanting to be a writer or storyteller? You know, I think it was when I was in fifth grade. I remember just one day thinking like, I'd like to write a book someday. And honestly, I'm still working on that, but I work with (laughs) authors all the time. So maybe that helps supplement (laughs) my desire to to get there one day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did, uh, did, were you, um, were you surrounded by people who, um, had the storytelling gene, uh, if you will, I, you know, the, the, some families, they're just kind of natural born storytellers or some people have, uh, you know, a teacher who influences them. There's someone of influence that, that kind of lets you know that, you know, this is, this is something that's, that's okay to pursue. Uh, you, you know, the, I, I can think back to several people in my life who, who I can attribute just the, the positive feedback that I got. Did you ever have anyone like that in your life? They just kind of saw this thing in you and offered encouragement. Yeah, I think, I mean, I always had parents that would read to me and they gave me great, like, like exposure to literature. And the other memory that really comes to mind is in seventh grade, like I had, like you're going through that junior high, that's when we first, I first entered in and it's kind of awkward. And I had a, <laughs> a teacher, an English teacher who was just very like different than you would expect from a normal English teacher, I think. And and so she was always encouraging for us to read, explore, to write what we wanted to, kind of gave us that creative reign. And I think that's where I really got into books. And around that time, that's when the Harry Potter series was like getting really big. And I remember reading the the first book in my reading in language and arts class. And, and like, I think that just like shows me the power of story. Like no matter what type of book you're writing, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, people always remember the stories. They remember the characters. They remember you in there. Like that's what people remember. Right, right. Um, you have been involved in the publishing industry since 2011, I think it is. What, yeah. What, what got you? What was the, the open door for you? 
Yeah, so I was in my last year of my undergrad um, out in Utah, Weber State University. And so I was thinking about what am I gonna do for a full-time job? And I had studied psychology with a minor in business, so a little bit different than the writing avenue, but um, a local company, corporate company there was Franklin Covey. And so like they're famous for writing the seven habits of fi- highly effective people, right. Stephen R. Covey. So I one day was able to network into the company and ended up getting an internship after bugging the hiring manager of probably like <laughs> four or five months. Like, let me come in, let me come in. I want to learn. And so they brought me on. I learned about the book industry from their point of view, was brought on, brought on full time and then just kind of learned it from there. And then there were some times where I was gone from Franklin Covey for a few years, but then I went back. Uh, before I broke out full time with Juxtabook. And so like, that's where I've really learned it from like kind of the business self-help perspective of working with Franklin Covey. Nice. Um, you, you mentioned studying psychology and, yeah. and you know, that on the surface that doesn't seem like, you know, that, that there's any connection with writing or storytelling or, com, you know, communication like that. But I, uh, I, I've always found that I, I, I'm no, a whole a number of authors who studied psychology um and and you know other uh, of the the humanities um and i've always thought that was fascinating because uh what better way to learn to communicate with people than to study why people think the way they do and why we perceive the world the way we do and why we process stories yeah. you know, the way that we do. And, um, you know, looking back now, can you see any tools in your toolkit that you, you know, picked up from that line of study? Yeah, I think like talking general psychology, just really understanding why people do what they do and bringing that into your writing. Like when you're, if you're a fiction author, crafting the character, understanding what's motivating them, what experiences have they had in their life that are going to influence the choices they make? Because that's really like why we as individuals, like that's one of the ways that influences the decisions and choices that we make. Um, I went on to study organizational psychology. And so that really applied to the business side of things. And so that really brought in a lot of different theory and perspectives on the nonfiction side and working with authors in that capacity. But it always just comes back to like understanding like what motivates people within your story and outside of your story and book to help authors um, sell it, honestly, (laughs) and resonate with their target audience. Yeah. And, uh, you mentioned, uh, nonfiction, um, you know, we, we think that there's a clear delineation between fiction and nonfiction and, and in a lot of ways there, there is, I mean, one is obviously made up out of whole cloth and the other is you're trying to convey, um, you know, some sort of real life, uh, either instruction or self-help or, you know, whatever the subcategory is, but storytelling still seeps into even nonfiction because uh, communicating with your reader and especially in a way that makes them not only remember what you have to say, but internalize it and, and, and take the, the truths that you are uh, explaining and make it be a part of, of their makeup. That's a, that's a very uh, specific talent and one that is very close to fiction writing I've seen. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like in fiction, generally, you're trying to get your readers to resonate with the characters and relate to the characters. But for nonfiction writers, whether it's self-help, business and health or whatever it is, 
you're relating them to themselves, but as well as to you as the author, you need to show that like, Hey, as the reader, they're taking time to read your book and invest their valuable time. And so you as the author have the responsibility to show why you're the one they need to listen to, why they're, why you have something that can help them. And the best way to do that, as you like mentioned, is through stories, like stories are brought over. And so being a good storyteller as a nonfiction author is I think essential and puts you a cut above the rest um, if you're competing, and especially in a highly competitive genre. Right. For for anyone who's listening, who's not familiar with uh, Franklin Covey and the seven habits, um, are, are there things that you uh, gained from your association with them that uh, that you now implement in the, the work that you do now? Yeah, um, I think one is like going Stephen, the seven habits was written, written by Stephen R. Covey. And that book was published in the, I think it was 1989, if I remember correctly. Um, that sounds about right. And the book wasn't a bestseller at first. It wasn't as big as it is now. Like on average, that book probably sells four to 5,000 copies a week still when we were watching those numbers and that's retail sales. And so like to get to that level, I took that like, it takes work. It takes honing your craft and to keep going. And even before that, like Stephen R. Covey was teaching his course and teaching the seven habits in his course at the university, the Brigham Young University in Utah. And he was teaching. And so he was continually refining that. And so I think from that, I took it to a lifelong process. And so it was like, as you're learning as an author to take what's in your mind and what you've, your expertise are and putting that on paper, it's never going to be perfect. <laughs> you're always going to continue to refine. So like once you have something that you know is a value, like get it out there, like get it out there and publish it. And you'll be surprised. Like it really helps people. Yeah. So, so what happened in 2011 when 2011, when you uh, went to work for uh uh, for uh, Franklin Covey, uh, what what then uh, helped you transition to what is now Juxtabook? Yeah, so um, while I was at Franklin Covey, I learned through a software that I don't think the business exists, exists anymore, how to build ebooks and video enhanced ebooks and video enhanced ebooks really don't aren't really there anymore but yeah. and out, and while we were there like my uh, manager would get people outside of Franklin Covey approaching her and she'd been at the company at that time for 20 years and then I started getting people like hey how do you publish a book and I get one with Franklin Covey and I said well not really you have to be in house but that's where the idea of juxtabook came is like why don't I see if I can help authors on the side so it started out as helping authors publish an ebook and build their ebook or converting their ebook that they would self-publish. And then it, from there, it went to like, hey, let's start pitching and acting as a literary agent for authors and then has grown as a side business. And then about two years ago, I started taking it seriously. And now I'm doing it full time to be able to help authors and through book development, through building their author brand and through launching their book. And that's kind of like the evolvement over, I guess, that, that, that many years, like over 10 years, <laughs> time flies, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, in, in 2011, the, the Kindle was a, a new, um, 
entity and you know the that whole ecosystem grew up uh out of and around the kindle with kindle direct publishing and um you know uh, self-publishing really became this other thing you know due to the infrastructure that built up around it but before that i remember buying all sorts of ebooks uh online for various things uh and uh you know it would usually be a pdf that you would download you would read on your computer screen um and that was kind of where ebooks were at the time um has the 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 kindle revolution as we call it and self-publishing that you know kind of gained this whole other platform has that did i, I mean you were you were there for that whole growth and uh, how uh, are nonfiction eBooks uh, different today than they were back then as far as distribution and, and, you know, how you go about gathering customers and there's been seismic changes since you began. Absolutely. No, I mean, it was new. It was, there was a lot of concern in the traditional publishing industry in general. Like are people going to buy less of the hardcover or the soft cover hard copy of the book? Are they going right. to, is this going to cannibalize sales? Are, are like people going to be able to steal this content and then publish their own? Like there was a lot of concerns. And I think like those are still out there, but they're largely been accepted. Like, Hey, if you're going to publish a book, you got to have an ebook with it. Cause there is a segment of individuals who want to read ebooks. Now, the trends are honestly actually that ebooks generally are declining. Now, that will vary by genre. The audiobooks are on a huge rise. Like it's yeah. almost becoming hardcover. It is pretty much hardcover, audiobook, and then ebook as far yeah, as audio is the the biggest growth market right yeah, now. Absolutely. Audiobooks are just huge. And I think you can see evidence of that with podcasts, how many people listen yeah. to podcasts and, and it's, it's crazy. And so I think like, there are so many more eBooks that are published now. Like I think like the barrier to entries from when we started is a lot lower. You just need to know how to pretty much format a word doc now. Um, and then you can have a, a nice looking eBook. Right. So, um, you, when you, you first started, you were wanting to help authors to, um, you know, publish and to kind of find their place. And, um, when did this go from being a side business to you realizing, oh, this is, this is, this thing has legs and we, you know, we need to take it to the next level. What's, what was the the kind of growth of Juxtabook like? Yeah, I think honestly, it was probably like three years ago. I decided like, you know what, like I need to decide, do I want to take this seriously or do I want to continue to be kind of like a so-so hobby business? And it wasn't really clear to me, like who, who's my target audience as a business? Who do I want? Who do I want to help? Because I was like, oh, I can help any author in reality. Like you can't help every author, like right. every genre, every type of author has something specific that's unique to them. And you need the right fit for someone to help you with that. And so I got with someone I knew who was a, a coach who coached businesses. And I really got like a business plan together. And then from there, I've just continually refined and thought, okay. And realized like who is, who is approaching me and, and it's ended up being like people who have a, their coaches, consultants, or they have some type of expertise that they want to turn into to a book for run one reason or another. And that's really the market that we're starting to serve and the market that we have the most expertise in right now. So um, we, we talked about how 
publishing has changed and how the the Kindle coming about and how you know the rise of ebooks really the industry was worried uh, about cannibalism and and all of that. Mm-hmm. How do you see where publishing is today versus the kind of those wild west days in the beginning where you know there was a lot of fear about what was going on and and you know versus yeah. now? Yeah, no, no. I think right now I'm going to go straight to it is artificial intelligence, AI. Like that is the new wild west that has tons of authors concerned. Like I keep reading about like some high profile fiction authors that are putting lawsuits together against these companies because they're concerned about their content being stolen. And and someone, if you're in the industry, um, Jane Friedman um, in the industry, who's been an editor, has great content. She had a book published under her name that was written by AI. And, and so like, there's just incredible worry about it. And I think that that's valid and should be um, very cautionary for any author to, to know and think about how could it impact them. And so we're in the wild west, I think of that. And I think eventually it'll get better to know things in Amazon recently when you're publishing through KDP will have, they've have a check mark. I think a check mark or a drop down that I saw yeah. asks about, was this any or part of this generated with AI. And so like, it's unclear, like, what does that mean? Are they just gathering market research? Or are they going to say one day, how we tricked you? Now, if it's generated with AI, like it's off, like immediately, like it's off. So like, who knows? But I'm also super excited about it because I see huge value in AI and helping authors market their books. Like just imagine taking what you've worked hard writing and putting that into AI and say, hey, using my using this document, create social posts, help me generate marketing ideas, like help me find my audience. And it's just going to save authors a ton of time, I believe, and leverage what they've already created. Right. One thing I'm excited about with AI is and we've done a lot of uh experimenting um one thing that i've found really useful is um the ability to help you brainstorm ideas yeah. and okay. we we all uh our, our minds want to go to the worst case scenario and that's people that are writing entire books yeah. uh, with ai and you know we can debate about you know whether that's good or bad or, or whatever but um smartly using the tools um I I was uh, doing a, a session the other day and used it in the same way that I would um, have a conversation with a friend where we're bouncing ideas off of each yeah. other. And, you know, oh, what about this? And, you know, and then that sparks something else. And then you, know, you kind of feed that back into the AI and you, they come back with some suggestions. And I don't exactly like all of your suggestions, but it does spark something. And just that kind of the, the back and forth conversational nature, I think think is is very valuable um now you know where that all shakes out we'll see but i I do see uh definite benefit that that we can gain from that yeah absolutely it's it's an incredible tool for that and i found like even for my day-to-day workers i'm honing my craft that it helps me and if i'm kind of like brain dead a bit and kind of need some creative juices going so i'm like 
I was trying to come up with a more compelling one-liner for what we do. And with the help of AI, I was able to come up with one that, that has been received well as I've tested it with, with authors and got the human, human um, influence on it. And it's been hugely helpful. And I think authors can use the same thing, especially for book titles. If you need a book title, an idea around brainstorming a book title, like um, AI is great for that. Like if you're like, I, I don't want to say it this way. I want to keep the essence of it, but how can I say it differently? And you get 20 ideas, you can kind of cherry pick stuff and then it might trigger something in your mind. Like, Oh, this would be perfect. And it's a lot, it can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what kind of, uh, what kind of feedback are you getting from people when around this AI conversation or, uh, I, I know there's a lot of trepidation, but you know, that are, are people, seeing the the benefits um or do you think we have more work to do with getting uh kind of uh, steering the conversation to a more positive place yeah i mean i think there's work done on both both sides that is is still there like i think generally people are curious um the authors i've talked to are like want to know more about how to leverage it um, and then there's some that I've talked to, like I've talked to a few ghostwriters and they're highly concerned that will this like reduce the amount of business that they get. Um, and that's one example. I've talked to another ghostwriter. They dove right in and figured out how can we leverage this tool to help streamline our process and provide more value and less cost, but still be profitable for them, for their authors, because ghostwriting can be very expensive. And so like that can create a win-win scenario if you can know how to leverage AI to have reduced costs, but still make it a win-win situation for both author and customer. Right. Um, so with Juxtabook, you, you said for the last three years or so, you you have really uh, kind of doubled down on, uh, you know, figuring out who your um, who your your customer was and kind of what your place in the market was. What yeah. what services do you offer now? Say if someone comes to you and says, I have an idea for a book, but I'm not really sure how to execute. And then, uh, you know, once I have the idea uh, and I've and I get a draft written, what do I do with it? You know, then what yeah. kind of, where do you fit into the, uh, to the author slash publisher's life? Yeah. So this is going to be broad, but I can help anyone. We can help anyone anywhere from the book development all the way through the launch of their book. So if someone's came and said, I want to be an author, what do I do? We can help help coach them. We I get on calls once or twice a month with authors and talk through them. Where are they at? What are they envisioning? Are they writing? Where are they getting stuck in their writing? So we can help coach them. We can help do stuff for them. We can act as an agent if they want to traditionally publish, or we can help them self-publish their book to the extent that they want us to be involved. And then helping them build their author brand as well as launching and marketing their book, whether that's just coming up with a plan or helping them execute on that plan as well. And so it really depends on why does an author want to write a book? Like we always start with that. Why do they want to write a book? And then what kind of budget do they have? What do they envision for their goals for their book and for their themselves as an author? And then we come up with a customized approach that um, we hope to win win for us and for them. 
there, um, you know, throughout the the rise of the indie publishing revolution, there have yeah. been lots of thoughts about whether uh, indie publishing was the way to go, whether traditional publishing, you know, the kind of the old guard as it was got, you know, to be looked yeah. at, um, you know, the, the gatekeepers, you know, that that, yeah. that term was thrown around a lot. And um, I feel like that we're course correcting a little bit in realizing that there's not a good guy and a bad guy in it, but mm -hmm. there are, are, there are different ways to publish depending on your needs. Um, do you feel like when, when someone comes to you and says, I have this idea, maybe I even have a draft written and, uh, and, I need to know how to get it out to the world. Uh, are there certain types of books that should always be, uh, you know, marketed to the traditional publishing route? Are there certain types that should always be indie published or self-published? Or does it come down to the author and their goals? Like, are, are there certain things that, that just definitely always work here versus always work there? Or is it just dependent on what the author is trying to do and, and, you know, how, what their end goal is? Yeah, it's, it's the latter of what you said. It really depends on the author's goals. Like what, what do you want to accomplish as an author? Like, I believe books impact our culture immensely. And so if you want to have an impact, you got to decide what's the size of that impact. Um, I've met with authors who say, I just want to get a book out there and have it for my family. I recommend self-publishing for that route, typically. Um, and there's lots of little avenues, even within self-publishing, depending on the author's goals. If an author is really wanting to traditionally publish, like I say, okay, shoot for that route. Um, you just need to know what it's going to take. And we run through within their genre, like if you're going a fiction route, just so you know, you're going to have to probably have a way to sell your book and market your book on your own. If you have a platform already, that's great. But you also may be five, six, seven books into something before you really see a return on the investment that you've made. And in that case for fiction, you got to make sure that you have something that's unique, compelling um, out there and that it's going to fit with the publisher and that they may not have something of that type in there. For nonfiction, honestly, it's so much dependent on the publisher, but then also what's your author platform, meaning your brand, your expertise, and your following. Like what's your social media following? What's your expert? What's your um, email subscription list like? Or what's your business connections? How are you going to sell the book? A publisher is a publisher. They're not, it's ironic, but they're not a bookseller. <laughs> like right. They're a distributor, really. And it's really up to the author, which is a hard truth sometimes for authors to accept that like, wait, what? I, I, I did all this hard work to write a book and now I have to do all the hard work to market it. Yeah, to an extent you do. Yeah, no one's going to yeah. care as much about your book as you do. Yeah, I, I think that there used to be this idea that the author, you know, just sat in a little cabin on the top of the hill and pounded out books and, you know, threw it down the hill and someone else took it. And, yeah. you know, and that is absolutely not the way. case. It used to be, yeah. Right. And uh, it, it's really interesting because it, in the almost the, the same timeline, there, there's an interesting overlap here between uh, the indie publishing revolution and social media and, and all of that, where 
almost the same time these things kind of rose in our uh, collective, you know, social consciousness. Um, what were what were people doing before the the idea of building an online brand and all of that to sell books? Um, because now it, it very much you, you need to have a social media presence. You need to have a website. You need to be communicating with your readers, not just constantly, you know, trying to sell your book, you know, at their face. You need to build relationships and all that. W- what were people doing before we had all of this mass communication at our fingertips? Yeah. Well, typically you would be going, if you're traditionally publishing, finding a publisher and then they would be getting it in the brick and mortar stores, getting it in like the Barnes and Nobles, the Books a Million. um, And I think those types of channels, but then it'd be author tours. It would be an author traveling around to 20, 30 cities over a few months period and promoting their book. Then it was also getting on talk shows. Like if you could get on, it used to be, if you could get on like a morning talk show, right. like you were like mm, guaranteed to like sell a lot of books <laughs> and getting reviews like a New York times review. If you got that, like, and it was featured, like you are going to sell books. Like it was, it was a pretty strong guarantee you were going to do well. And that's what people were doing before. And like, if you were going to be independently publishing, cause that's been still around, it's not as, uh, as popular then as it is now. Yeah. And so like you would probably get with your local bookstores and you would probably need some cash up front because print on demand wasn't as, as readily available. So you'd have to have some cash up front to be able to print and go around and sell your books and go to local bookshops or try and get it on at your local brick and mortar store. Just a lot of hustle, kind of that hit the yeah. pavement and, and see what you can do. <laughs> and spread Social by word of mouth. Yeah. Well, social media has really lowered the, um, uh, the, the, the hurdles to, to getting, uh, a, an author platform built. It used to be a, like a serious yeah. investment in, in time and, uh, expense to, to get out in front of people. You had to really, you, like you said, you had to go on tour. You had to physically put yourself in front of people. And, yeah. and that was just not possible for the vast majority of people trying to break into writing. Absolutely. Yeah. Tough, tough, much easier now. Yeah. So So, so this author brand and this platform, um, what do you recommend people say, say someone comes to you, they've got a brilliant idea. Um, they've got a, a book worked out. This is, this is going to, if people see this book, it's going to be a success. Um, but they, say they don't have an author platform yet. Where in the process do you recommend people start working on their platform? Is it before they ever write and publish the book? Do they need to have something finished before they start building relationships with people? What, what is the, the, the general wisdom these days on, on how to start building that platform? Yeah. Um, now, no matter what stage you're at, like if it's just an idea, whether you're done with your book in the middle of your book, like we're shopping around, like now is the time to start building your platform. And I'm a huge advocate for email lists still like social media is great, but as we all know, one change in the algorithm can have a huge impact on authors or if you get hacked, like you can lose a lot of trust. And so, right. Like you want to lead people to an email list. And that's what I advocate for. 
Um, and then if you're wondering as an author, like, well, where do I start? What do I post? Start talking about your idea. Start talking about your author journey. Like if you're writing, say like, do a selfie and be like, Hey, I'm writing my book today. I'm working on chapter two, which is on how to be more deliberate in your communication as an example. Like, and that's all you need to do. Like it's getting it warmed up. It's getting people to know you. It's the frequency that, that people need to know of and the consistency, like, that's huge that consistency um as you're starting to build your brand and so like it's just start just start now and if you're not sure what to do like just keep going like take action start now and as you do it you're going to learn as you talk to people you're going to learn and you're going to learn what you need to take as a next step to build um, I think oftentimes authors think I got to have everything built. I got to have everything ready. I got to have the perfect social media. I got to have like all these things ready and that it stalls them from really beginning. Cause it feels so overwhelming, like incredibly overwhelming. So I say, just start, start small start. and grow it. Yeah. And, and find something to connect with, with your audience over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one other thing I'll share is like, I'm a big fan as a case study of Atomic Habits, the book mm -hmm. by James Clear. And he tells you in the introduction of your book, exactly how he built his platform. And it was back in 2012, when he started publishing twice a week, what he was learning about habits, habits on his website and offered a newsletter. So an email subscription, um, not paid subscription, but just subscribe to his newsletter. Yeah. And he did that consistently. And he, within his first year, I think he had like a few thousand subscribers and then he jumped to like 30,000, I believe 40,000. The next year he was like 120,000. And I believe like two things, his content was good, but second is he was consistent. Too many people start and then don't stick with it. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I think some people, um, expect instant gratification and uh consistency is you, you've got to show up and you've got to do the work uh, of building your platform even when it seems like nothing's happening yeah excuse me i had a tickle in my throat um you guys also um, uh, work as agents for uh, for traditional publishing. How did how did that come about and how has that changed the way that you're able to offer services? Yeah. So I think that came about with Franklin Covey just learning like how an agent, um, how an agent works. Franklin Covey had an agent. And so I understood like you put a book proposal together, you send it to the agent, the agent gives you feedback and then the agent would circulate it around to publishers. Um, and so like, that's kind of at the time Franklin Covey, like we had, they have their go-to publishers that pub usually publish their books for a new author. Like you would, you can, there's a lot of publishing houses where you don't have to have an agent anymore, but there are publishing houses, usually the big five that do require to that they only accept submissions from agents. Right. Um, but what I learned is a proposal is a great tool, whether or not you're going to, you want to traditionally publish, I call it your book business plan. And so it juxtabook pretty much every author I work with to understand where they're at. I have them fill out our, our book proposal, which actually is free on our website for anyone who wants to just get our template. But they can, 
it's split into three sections about the book, about the author, and then your launch and marketing plan. And what those three sections tell me is first, does an author have a clear understanding of what their book's about and who their target audience is? The about the author section tells me whether or not they have a clear brand they're building, a platform, and if they're credible to write the book. And then third, like with the marketing and publishing or marketing, like what, what, ways can they use their network and their brand and their platform to market and build up sales for their book. And I've had authors that come at all different levels and we start where they are. Gotcha. Um, if, if someone uh, is thinking about writing a book uh, or if someone has a book they have written and are wondering, okay, what do I do with it now? Um, what, what can they expect from just juxtabook and when in the process should they come look you up? Yeah, I would say as soon as you're thinking about it and I can tell you from like, I, I offer free initial consultations and, and I can tell usually right away, like, Hey, you need to go work on this first and then come back. Or like, yeah, we can help you with X, Y, and Z. And here's the services we offer with that. So it's really, I take it by case by case basis on it. So like, let's say for example, last, um, earlier this week, I was talking to an author who wants to get out of their full-time job and, and jump into this consultancy and they're working on a, on a book full time, but like, it's really hard to balance. Like when do they jump because of their income? And then when, or should they keep working on their book? And I, my advice to them is like, keep working on your book, but figure out how to build up your business first, because the book, you're not going to build enough to sustain yourself on just the book and its royalties. But what the book will do is it will allow you to get into doors easier to sell your services. It'll allow you to raise your rates because it's a signal. It's a signal to buyers and people who are looking for that particular um, problem to be solved. It's a signal that like, Hey, this individual is putting the time to write a book. Probably know what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> right. So, so Zach, uh, if someone uh, is listening and they think, you know, juxtabook sounds like a, a service that I'm interested in, where do they begin and, uh, and, and where do they need to go? Yeah. Reach out, go to our web, our web website, <laughs> go to our <laughs> website, um, juxtabook.com, or we have social media. You can reach out um, on Instagram um, or Facebook and let's set up a consultation and let's meet. And we're redoing our website right now to make it more clear and, and have a little more process on there. But you can right now schedule a free consultation um, with myself or someone on my team and we can let's discuss, let's figure it out. Like I love helping authors. I love helping them figure out where they want to go. And whether that's with us or with somewhere, someone else or a different path, I just feel privileged that I can be like a little, little, um, piece a little page in their book of their author journey. That's helped them figure out where they want to go. Excellent. Well, Zach, we will link up all those places, your website and your social media in the show notes of this episode when we release it and to make it easy for folks to find you. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for coming on yeah, today, sharing uh, what you do and, and giving some people some insight into what it means to publish today. Absolutely. This is wonderful. Thanks, Hank. Thanks. 
That's our episode for today. There's so much more to come as we talk to authors about the craft of writing, but also the business of publishing. Be sure to subscribe to the StoryCraft Cafe podcast in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. The StoryCraft Cafe is made possible by Dabble. Writing a book is challenging. Your writing tool should not be. Dabble is an easy-to-use online writing tool packed with helpful features that allow beginning novelists and published authors to create amazing stories. Visit us at dabblewriter.com and start your free trial today. Thanks for listening.